countdown. Badcast, it's Andy DiGenova. Let's chat. Let's chat. Everybody, come on, let's get down. Get down. And I always like to thank my friend Freak Bass for that music. Andy, I liked it. Isn't I liked he great? It. Isn't I was. He great? I was jamming out a little bit. I thought yeah. we had already started, and then and then we got the nice little intro. It was terrific. It's a, <laughs> yeah, quite man. the production you have here. I'm impressed. Oh well, thanks, buddy. I'm in my multi-million dollar studio. It's uh, amazing. If, if this thing, no <laughs> if this thing zoomed out, you'd see like aluminum foil hanging down and whatnot. Anyway, it has been a while. I the last time, well, we've only met in person once, right? I believe so. I think and I think once, maybe twice. I was looking at those photos. That was my buddy got married in Ma- uh, Malibu, and I believe that was 2017, 18, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yes, so, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, we were, we were hanging out in Santa Monica with Justin Klawski. That's right. In fact, I tweeted a picture of us today, and it's apparently a f- picture of a photo. <laughs> and I texted him. I said, "Do you have any better pictures than this?" And like three hours later, he just sends me over like all these high res. Awesome picks. I'm like, dude, thanks. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, so I was telling you off mic um, on our way home today, my wife and I carpooled. We were listening to your podcast with your lovely wife. And I kind of want to start with you. And you're one of the most passionate, truly most passionate Batman fans I know. Truly pure. I've known you a long time. And Holy Batcast is fantastic. You've had it now. When did you launch that show? Ah, uh, 2014. 2014. It'll be it'll be 10 years in February. Yeah, and I was with Batman on film in those days, and we both were doing Batman-centric stuff for a long time, and then we met and overlapped, and you gave me a great honor of my podcasting life as I came on your, forgive me, which episode was it? It was like your 100th episode or 200th? I think it was 200. When I got 200. Like the- the different like sound bites and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You had me come and, on it. And I am now three episodes away from 400. Wow, dude. Time flies. Anyway, sorry. 400 episodes. 400. Yeah. Good for you, man. So much time wasted. So much time wasted, not wasted. <laughs> and you know, it's funny, such a time to be alive, to be a Batman fan and everything that's going on in cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, and I know you saw the flash last night. I want to pick your brain on that as much as I can for spoiler free. And uh, are you technically on embargo? No, no, they, no. I mean, they did yeah. like the announcement they gave us was like, tweet your reactions, share your reactions, let people know what you thought, but don't spoil it. And so, but it was nothing official. We didn't sign anything. So technically 
some a-holes out there could spoil it if they want to, because there's no reason, you know, there's been no legal ramifications, but I'm not spoiling it. You know, like you said, I did a, a spoiler free reaction with my wife last night, but we're trying to be respectful so everyone can go in as fresh as possible. That's awesome. And by the way, did you piss off Jamie and everybody by uh, coming clean that your favorite co-host was actually your wife. I'm just curious. Um, you know, Jamie hasn't listened yet, so <laughs> he's not mad yet. Brendan's yeah. very jealous. So I woke good. up because of the time zone. I woke up to a, a message that um, I don't know if I should say this. It's like, it's like, she's only your favorite. Cause she, you get to play with her boobs. That's what, that's what I woke up. Uh, to. Nice. Hey, it's a good one. <laughs> It's a good reason. Why not? I mean, it's it's a factor. It's not the entire reason. Right. And you're in Florida right now, correct? Yeah, I'm in Florida now. Yeah, I okay. moved to Florida almost two years ago. Now, uh, we're going to get back to the genesis of your love for Batman, but I wanted to ask you this real fast. We were texting about the Universal uh, uh, Park that's coming to Dallas. Are you going to be opening that? Are you going to be? I'm not. I, you know, I do work for Universal Studios, but I am working on the new park in Florida. Ah, so you won't be a part of that. I will not. Uh, but I, I, I will probably make the trip to just come see the one in Texas because I'm very curious. And right. I have a little kid now, so I have every a good excuse for it because yes. that park is going to skew you a little younger. It's not like the, the Universal here in Orlando, but I'm excited for it. But yeah, my project's here in Orlando. And how old is she now? She is 15 months. 15 months, 15 months and a little crazy girl. She is just all over the place right now. I I love that you had a little girl. Obviously, everybody that, you know, if you have a son, I'm not sons are great, but I <laughs> I have my two daughters. I now have stepkids to the, the that I adore and I have two stepsons. So that's awesome. So I get that in my life. But man, my girls are everything. In fact, I want to show you this. This is from last Father's Day. Ah, uh, that's awesome. I love my, it. My daughter, Harper, who was at the time eight, made that for me. Isn't that great? That's great. So I love that's, it. That's the kind of stuff you have coming your way as well. So I should have brought some of uh, some of Harley's artwork, but it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I like a lot of and I've got my Hadley and my Harper, and you're you we're uh, we're H Dad. Yeah. H name girl dad. And we oh. have Harley, yeah. Her first birthday, all Harley Quinn themed. Nice. Yeah. That's, love it. So love it. All right, buddy. So you launched your show in 2014. Right. Yes. But you have been a Batman fan your whole life. And you're uh, you're one of those individuals I know that's well versed in comics, graphic novels, animation, cinema, all of the above. Where, when, how and why did you fall in love with the Batman? I like you said, I've been a Batman fan my whole life. I don't even remember the first Batman thing that I saw. There are a couple contenders. You know, my grandma, she had a little Batmobile at her house and I don't remember why it was there, but I remember that when I was really little and playing with that and running around her, her apartment with it. Um, and I just recently found it. So I still own it, which was pretty exciting. It was, mm -hmm. I've been going through the garage. It's one of my projects and I found that. So that was cool. So I have a recollection of that. I have a recollection of, it was like a Batman coloring book that she also had at her house. So these were grandma things. And, and what, year, remember, what year was this? If you don't know. Oh my God. Um, I mean, I was a little kid. So my guess is 84, 85. Okay. Somewhere, gotcha. somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. I've got, I've got 10 years on you. I just want to kind of put it in perspective. Okay, yeah, sorry, go, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Somewhere in there. So like, I always knew I liked like superhero stuff. Like I was always just like pulled in by it, by cartoons and comics. I just thought it looked cool. And so, and for some reason, Batman, you know, just stood out. And so 
I remember the superpowers collection, those action figures. And I was like really enraptured with those, but I didn't really get to own any. So I just had to like admire them from afar. Mm -hmm. But even then I was like, Oh, Batman and Robin and the Batmobile. I like all those things. Yeah. Uh, But I've always said that, you know, I dated Batman and then in 1989, we got married. Right. And and it's been a lifelong love affair ever since. So I already liked Batman. I already knew I liked Batman. But yeah, in 1989, I was the perfect age. I was 10 years old. And the whole world, you know, changed, uh, caught up, caught up in some Batmania. And I was just the perfect age for it. And that summer, the only thing I thought about, cared about, paid any attention to was Batman. That's right. Any trading card, any comic book, any uh, piece of candy, any, uh, right. you know, anything, a T-shirt like if sheer, it had a bat signal. That's all I cared about. Sheer and utter Batmania. So I was 14 living it. I think I saw the film. I swear to God, 20 plus times in the theater. I mean, I have a buddy wow. I saw it with seven or eight times by himself. My dad, three or four different groups of friends, my sister. I saw it by myself three or four times. I mean, probably at least 20. I don't think I've ever seen a movie that many times in the theater. In fact, um, was that your first? Did you see any of the Chris Reeves Superman movies in the theater by chance? Not in the theater. No, right. I saw those on TV and I liked right. those too. Yes. Right. But yeah. The, my first comic book movie in the theater was, was Batman. Cause really the only other option were the Chris Reeves Superman and those, Correct. Yeah, those I saw on TV and on cable. And I think a lot of fans of comic book movies now that are a younger age, probably don't really acknowledge or appreciate the fact of first of all, Christopher Reeve Superman movie had to work for their probably, if that didn't work, we may not even be anywhere where we are now. And then, and then the second phase of that was, was Tim Burton and Keaton's Batman. And if that didn't work, I would say almost unequivocally, we wouldn't be where we are now. So that, that film was so important to, first of all, you know, redeem Michael Keaton's stigma of being cast as Batman, which happened virtually overnight. And then to introduce the world, not to comic book readers, but to the world that there was a serious Batman. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's still a remarkable achievement in cinema. Um, so what about the TV show? Like, um, did you grow up with that at all? Yeah. I don't think you've mentioned that. So I was just, I did, but it was, it's so interwoven with Batman 89 for me. Is it? Yeah. Because at that point they were playing it in syndication on Fox, like every afternoon. Sure. And so I was obsessed with, you know, the Burton Keaton Batman, but it was in movie theaters. I was 10 years old. It wasn't up to me if I got to go again. So to get my fix at home, I would actually record Batman 66 on VHS every afternoon and I would watch it. And even then I kept those tapes. I think I still have them here somewhere. Um, But yeah, like, so I was really into Batman 66 at the same time as I was into Batman 89, because it was a way for me to get to scratch the Batman itch, you know, at home in a, in a readily available and free way. But my very, uh, the very first Batman thing I owned, if we're not counting the car that my grandma had for me, was a Batman 66 t-shirt. It was an Adam West Batman 66 t-shirt. And recently on Holy Batcast, we did a whole episode just about like some of our favorite Batman collectibles or possessions. Mm-hmm. And that was the first one I brought up because I still have it. Still and have it. Yeah, I still have it. Nice. And and yeah, it's I, I got that shirt and it was probably the year before Batman 89 and I would wear it to school and then the kids would call me Batman and all that stuff. But yeah, so my love for Adam West is right is right there along with it. That's an interesting journey that you kind of were introduced simultaneously in a sense. Fair to say. Yeah. 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 See, I watched it after school. 
just the few years I have on you. Um, I remember just coming home and it would be, I don't even know what channel it was on. I mean, just one of the six that we had available to us back then, you know, in 1984 or whatever. And I would watch it after school and I loved it. And I remember that was also my first introduction as a, as a person that would eventually fall in love with cinema and, and film and TV, et cetera, in terms of casting changes uh, mm-hmm. watching the the film going wait that's not julie newmar right yeah of course i didn't say her name i was like that's lee merriweather i just knew uh, it was somebody different yeah. and then we had you know eartha kitts and then you had a couple of different riddlers and um so that that show shaped me in a lot of ways too and just kind of gave me a peek of like behind the scenes like oh these are actors playing, yeah, yeah. playing a part but very cool. So, I will say that Batman 66, you know, you hear about it now, especially when when people talk and look back at it, they say, oh, you know, it worked. It worked for kids because for kids, it was an adventure show and it worked for adults because it was very like winkingly funny. And it was so true because when I was into it, watching it at 10 years old, I knew it was funny, but I didn't know that it knew it was funny. Right. Like I thought it was unintentionally funny and it wasn't until i got older and rewatched and i was like oh they they're in on the joke got it they are so in on the joke it was like a light went off when i watched it you know after puberty but at the time i just thought it was just so ridiculous and i kind of laughed at it for that reason there are so many scenes that i could just i can think of right now going and my friend bob seska actually put this on instagram one day i don't remember what scene it was just one of the most god-awful goofy things but so awesome at the same time and he said every, oh, it was something like he was on the phone being Batman and Bruce Wayne at the same time. That's what it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so bad, but it's also so great. And he made a point. He was like, every actor that plays Batman moving forward should have to audition with that with that scene. I thought, you know what? That's actually not a that's bad a great, No, it's, that's it's a great call. A, because, I mean, you watch it. It's pretty masterful. Yeah. But he knew what he was doing. Um, too much fun. So uh, I know that you also have kind of an independent love for Robin. Is that fair to say? I do. I do. Yeah. Like I, okay. I, I love Robin nearly as much as Batman. And uh, I, I think I just, when growing up, like Batman and Robin did just go together, you know? Sure. Uh, and, and I Can't understood. Exactly. And so I, I understood why he wasn't in the first movie, but I've just always loved Robin too. I just think he's, a, he's always been a great character. I think he, I've always loved his design. I just think he looks so great. Like, as sort of the opposite spectrum of Batman. And sure. And so, yeah, I, I love Robin. I always have. And so, you know, as I collected Batman crap, you know, there was always Robin stuff along with it where I was like, Oh, I need Robin. I need Robin. So who's your favorite Robin? Tim Drake, Tim Drake. That's yeah. Tim Drake. He's, yeah. he's my guy. I love Dick Grayson, but in my mind, Dick Grayson is Nightwing, you know, at this point. Sure. So uh, for me, like that's my way of getting around it, of going Dick Grayson's my favorite, but he's Nightwing. Tim Drake is my favorite Robin. One of the things I'm interested in the flash, and this is not a segue and I obviously don't expect you or would want you to respond to this. I mean, you wouldn't want to respond to this, but I had this burning curiosity in terms of this stage and this Batman's life, Michael Keaton's and this, this, did he ever have a Robin? And is that discussed at all? And it probably obviously wouldn't be Chris O'Donnell's. So, but anyway, enough of that. Let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit. So one of the things that you have asked people on your show, I believe you still do this. Like when you have a guest on, are you still asking them what their favorite Batman film is? Yeah. Anytime yeah. it's their first time on the show. That's that's. I want to hear about their favorite Batman movie and why. Well, why don't you do that for us today, please? I'll what is your, what, what is your favorite? <laughs> I'm going to steal your own little bit here. What is your favorite Batman movie and why? 
So I always have to say favorite is different than best. Correct. My favorite is still Batman 89 because it is the movie that made me fall in love with Batman. Sure. And it's the movie that made me fall in love with movies. So when you were saying, oh, Batman 66 was sort of gave you your first insight into, oh, these are actors and they can be recast. And it started giving you a little bit of glimpse of it's not just the content. There's a whole thing going on behind the content. Correct. That's what Batman 89 did for me. So not only was it a movie that I just was obsessed with and I, you know, I consumed everything I could about it and I loved it and just couldn't get enough of it. But because of that, I bought the souvenir magazine. I bought the official book. I watched every interview I could. I watched every behind the scenes thing. If it was on entertainment tonight, you better believe I was watching it and taping it on VHS. Like, so it allowed me to like, peek behind the curtain and fall in love, like you said, with just movie making and cinema and storytelling. And so um, it's just, it's my sentimental favorite because it is literally a movie that changed my life. It changed my fandom and made Batman a lifelong thing, but it also made me obsessed with storytelling and movies, which in a lot of ways led me to what I do for a living. That's amazing. You know, it made me fall in love with Michael Keaton. I knew Mr. Mom mm-hmm. mainly, mainly because no, I was about to say Shelley Long. That's not right. That was money pit. Thank you. I get the, I get yeah. money pit and Mr. Mom mixed up sometimes. I don't know why I just do, but, but I was already familiar with Michael Keaton, obviously with Beetlejuice. And uh, for some reason I knew clean and sober. I remember watching that movie. I think it was my mom in the theaters. Well, and that, that movie yeah. was like the, it was like the defense that people used when he that's was right. cast as Batman is like, people were like Mr. Mom. And it's like, Hey man, he just Dude, clean you, and sober. Yeah. Have you seen? Have you seen this movie? Right, right. See that monologue at the end? That's intense stuff. Yeah, that gets that still gets overlooked even today when people reflect back on it. It's like, yeah. oh, clean and sober came out the year right. before, <laughs> right? But it made me fall in love with Jack Nicholson's career. Yeah, and it wasn't One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. It wasn't Chinatown. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with those films because of Batman. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I have followed him ever since. And he's still one of my favorite actors. The Departed and As Good As It Gets, I think, are my two favorite performances by his. Back. Those are amazing. outside of the Joker, obviously. obviously. Um, so that's your favorite for the reasons you listed. If you the world was going to explode tomorrow, if you didn't remove it and replace it, you had to. What would it be? What the, world, was the world is in your hands. The world's going to explode tomorrow unless okay. he removes Batman 89 and replaces it with his favorite Batman movie. Has to be oh has to be the runner up. The runner up. Or oh, the world Batman. explodes, Andy. On you. Okay, okay. I mean, that's a lot of pressure, but yes. Uh the runner up is Batman Begins. Okay. I adore Batman Begins. I think it is uh it's it's not perfect, but it's pretty damn close. And so, yeah, I, I, that's, that's always the thing is Batman 89 is my favorite. Batman Begins, I still think is the best Batman movie. And that is not to say there aren't other Batman movies I love, but I just think Batman Begins, man, it knocked my socks off in 2005. It gets better with age. Every time I watch it, I just get so sucked in. It's just fantastic. So I love it. I can't agree with you more. And obviously, like a lot of fans, I had, you know, at this, that point, I had gotten burned on the Joe Schumacher stuff. And I know that you and I have a fun, we've been trolling each other on Twitter for, for years, more you to me, but that's okay, about Batman Returns and our differences of, of opinion but on that film. I, dude, I wore this just for you. <laughs> just No, for you. you're not. 
Don't worry, it is a Batman Return shirt. It, that's darn I right. Noticed, darn I should have right. noticed because yeah. it has the it has the extra uh, little circle oval. The oval. I just found this on Amazon. Like dude. maybe it was eBay. Maybe was, I think I can't find it on eBay. Like last month, and I was like, dude, that looks like I could have bought it in 1992. <laughs> it looks it looks great. Yes, but I don't. But neither one of us are big fans of Batman Forever. That's fair to say, no, right? No. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, obviously, Batman and Robin was just silly. So when I saw Batman Begins, I remember. One of my another another cinema lesson I got from this franchise is that franchise can be going downhill and the right reboot, the right vision can just bring it back. Of course, it's Batman. He's never going to die. But still, I didn't expect a resurgence within just seven, eight years. Yeah, that that timeline. Right. Well, and how many false starts between those two? Correct. Good point. But I've said this a million times, but when he when Gordon takes the trash out and and Batman's crouched. And that look is something I've seen in comics a million times. We've never seen it in film. And he says, storm's coming. And I'm like, Oh my God, I love this movie. I love this movie. I don't, there's something just about that moment and it's uphill from there. I mean, yeah. the whole, the whole yep. thing is just so good. And damn it. I will defend uh, Rachel Dawes. What's her name? First Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. I'll defend her in that film. I, think I will funny. too. I will too. I think she gets a bum rap. I think she's very good in the movie. And uh, there's still part of me that wishes she was able to do the Dark Knight, but me too. But you know. n- nothing against her chops because she is good, and I just defended her. But could she have pulled off the scene where you know she dies? Yeah, and Har- and I mean, Harvey. that's I a, mean, that's- yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal is also great. Woo! I just, I just love the continuity. I'm big on continuity. Mm. So, I am too. So I agree. I'm like either I wish they had cast Maggie Gyllenhaal for Begins, or I wish Katie Holmes would have continued in Dark Knight. But uh, it's not the way you. it worked out, and it's fine, and they're both great in their own way. So, but yes, Begins. Like I'll tell you, before it came out, like this is crazy, but like mm. I wasn't even all that excited. Yeah, and I think it was just because of like all the false Same. starts, and I'd kind of moved on and everything. But of course, I still went opening night. And going in with just going, oh, it's the new Batman movie. Of course, I'll go see it. You know, like, but not following every moment, not not the way I do now or the way I did then. Um, and then it being as good as it was, it just sucked me in. And again, like, in I think in the first fifteen minutes, just the way it was intercutting between child Bruce and young adult Bruce, and like, like the way it was jumping around in time, and so we were seeing these touch points in Bruce's life. I was like, holy crap. I know they're doing it. They're doing it. And like, it was just so compelling. I was just so sucked in. I agree. And some of the tie-ins with some of the dialogue, like, um, you know, why do we fall so we can pick ourselves back up? And then Alfred says that to him at the end, it just gets me every time. And of course the performances are just masterful and look, jumping to the dark night, the dark night, um, sadly, you know, Heath had passed and that catapulted the film into the spotlight maybe in a way that it wouldn't have. And when I say that, I'm, I'm, I wish that he would have been there. It would have still have done it just in a different way, but people have yeah. a, a reaction to someone they, you know, they admire and love passing. So it had that kind of hanging over good, bad or indifferent, terrible that he passed, of course. Um, but at the same time, miraculously, uh, we saw Batmania in a way that we hadn't seen since the summer of 89. And probably never will again, knock on wood. I hope maybe I'm wrong on that so people can experience it. But that was that was quite an experience as well. And so 
How do you feel about the Dark Knight? All these. I absolutely there? love it. I yeah, absolutely love it. Like again, I prefer Begins, but like by a razor's edge. Sure. So like like yeah. anyone who goes, I prefer the Dark Knight over Begins. I'm like, great. I'm not even gonna fight you on it because I get it. Like they're both amazing. It's it was just a hell of a one-two punch. So I I, I adore the Dark Knight too. I think it's it's great. I agree. And I would I would sometimes say that the Dark Knight is a better movie. Batman Begins is a better Batman movie. Yeah, I've heard that a lot and I don't disagree. And I think I think that is another part of why it begins. I give it a slight edge for me is is just it feels just a little more comic booky. There's just an extra little sprinkle of that. Oh, of and, course. You know, does it, and does it does it come in black? And right. Yeah. yeah like, and, oh, and, yeah. And, and I think and I think that like and, and just yeah, just the way Gotham looks, the way the narrows sure. look, the way Arkham looks like there's just a little extra style in there. Yep. Whereas then in the Dark Knight, again, it was Chicago. And, and you know, that's become a meme at this point. Um, and again, not to take away from the Dark Knight. I just liked how there was that little extra. Well, extra bit of style sprinkled in and begins. And then rises. John Blake, not your favorite Robin, as I understand it. It's because he's not a Robin. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, won't, I won't go down that road. But, with you. but I, I will say I do. I really like rises. I just, you know, yeah. it just, you know, it's, it's, it's not begins or the dark night, but it's, it's damn good on its own terms. You know, that's, I'm not, I'm not a rises hater. No, just, I know you're just not. Just to be clear. I'm and not, I'm not I, really even I, a bad Batman returns hater. I just don't like the penguin stuff at all. Again, I don't like it, but I love everything with Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Keaton. Every second. Well, there you go. But, some of, but, some of it works, you know. but yeah, like, like, yeah, I know like rises, like it doesn't all work for me, but I still think it's really damn good. So yeah, I did too. It's, you know, our mutual friend, Ryan Haas, that's his favorite Batman movie. I don't wow. know a lot of, I don't know a lot of people. You had someone on your show one time. I did. I and did. they said, I, I remember, I remember yeah. this episode and you go, Oh wow. You it caught you off guard. I remember. And I was listening to it. I started laughing at it because I was, I don't know. I just could have, I got almost got to see in your face and you were like, well, I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> Nothing. That's cool. I don't remember who it was though. Shit. I do. Her name is Joanna. Oh, it was Joanna? a female. Yeah. It was, yep. it was, yep. it was a and female. Yeah. Cause I, I, cause I, that's why I remember is like, yeah, you don't, <laughs> you don't get that answer often. And when someone comes to me with like a, unexpected answer I, I respect that i like that you know oh of course all in good fun i mean i know people that absolutely love batman forever and they'll die on that hill and you know good for them so do i oh my goodness so do i i mean um, when you when, when you say <laughs> it when you when you start the film off with him going through and getting a cheeseburger i just did this you know <laughs> the, fir the first line in the movie i'll get <laughs> the, right here. the first, the first line in the movie it's like that was the shot across the bow we know yeah, what we're doing now yeah right that that was it that was yeah. it. And, and, you know, Val Kilmer, and I know we're kind of jumping all over the place here. I am. I'm supposed to be controlling this. and I'm the one just throwing stuff at you. But uh, Val Kilmer and George Clooney, both great actors, both of them. They really are. And uh, really could have been great Batman in the right thumb. But but they reported the duty. They did what the script allowed them to do. And, you know, we've never had a bad Batman. I don't think I know. I don't. I don't, I don't think so either. I think yeah. mm, this is a bit of a hot take because again, because of the, the Batman forever defenders. Um, and I, honestly, I don't even hate that the way I used to, I don't think it's good, but like I have a nostalgic soft spot for it, you know, um, it's turned into, it's turned into the Phantom Menace for me. Like I hated both of those movies. Now I'm like, okay, they, they kind of have their place and serve their purpose. Well, And it's kind of fun to <laughs> pop in and like go back to 1995 and you know, like sure. it's kind of, you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, my issue with that is, and I completely agree with you, I think Val Kilmer is a great actor and he's turned in a lot of amazing performances over the years. 
I don't think he turned in an amazing performance as Batman. When you watch the movie, he just looks like he doesn't want to be there. And then 20 years later, he wrote a book basically saying, I didn't want to be there. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I can tell. Like when you watch yeah. the movie, I can tell. He's like just getting through it. And he's not horrible. It's not even all that distracting. But if you watch it, knowing that he didn't want to be there, you can tell. Yeah, well, he's probably like, oh, this is why Keaton passed on this damn thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's like, he's like, just do this and your career will benefit. So just, just do, do it. Just take the check and go. Because he had, well, no, he did The Doors and he did Tombstone. Both of those, 91 and 93, were before that. Oh, wow. And it was Tombstone that really... Oh, got dude. him Batman because and, I, and yeah. rightfully so. He's he's amazing in Tombstone. Oh, and, yeah. I, and you know that Kevin Costner and Dennis Quaid were so pissed about that because they were already filming Wyatt Earp before they even yeah. started Tombstone, and then they had a follow up with a on screen. And, and he's great. Dennis Quaid's Wyatt Earp is great in in, in that film, but dude, you just it's over. You, you what are you gonna? You can't touch it. You can't. Touch I don't know Batman. if I've ever seen the Costner one. It's actually good. I, I love Tombstone. I think Tombstone's oh, amazing. It's like one of my favorite Westerns. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I ever got to. And I love Dennis Quaid, so I, I'm sure he was a great Doc Holiday, right? Um, I was. just never I just never got around to it. Yeah, no, no, it's good. It's really good. But anyway, Val Kilmer, they're they're both great. Now we, we talked about the Nolan trilogy, and um, so Matt Reeves the Batman. I'm not even hundred percent sure I know definitively how you feel about that film. I know that you liked it, but to what extent I'm not a big fan. You're not Every a big bit, fan. I'm not a big fan. And every, and, and yeah, I've taken a lot of heat because it's, 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 I think the cast is exceptional and everyone does a great job in it. I think Pattinson's great. I think Farrell's great. I think um, Krav, Zoe Kravitz is great. I think everyone's great in it. Um, and there are elements I like. I like the Gotham and I, I do like that we get Detective Batman. I just, I just never, I didn't need to go more real than no one i ne i i had no need for that so stylistically it just doesn't do anything for me i like the score i like the score um but the story doesn't really suck me in the riddler i was very disappointed because i love the riddler he's my favorite batman villain and i'm like i'm like eh, it's kind of the riddler well and here's the thing about the riddler with me on that is that for me oh goodness i've got a visitor he's gonna be up here any moment now my kitty cat that's oh, okay. okay. I was like, I was like, oh, you, you, special, you, special you, guest. You could meow. No, no, don't knock over my camera. If you're gonna, if you're gonna join us, jump up here and say hi. For the love of God. So my wife is rescuing me. Sammy, Sammy's trying to get on camera here, honey. We're live. It'd be cool if his if his name was Selena and then he was making a cameo, but not so much. Um, but but here's the thing: is that I, I feel like with that film, I and I really like it a lot. I especially like Act One and Act Two. Love them. It falls apart for me a little bit on Act Three. I'm not gonna lie. So I don't like it as much as some people do as a result of that. And I think some of the stuff with the Riddler that is kind of forgettable for me as well. And I sounds like I like it more than you do, but I can understand where you're coming from. Is my point is that I feel like that portrayal was very forgettable. And I feel like if you're going to go there, it's got to be rated R and like own it and go all in mm -hmm. or or go the other way a little bit and and give it a little bit more of a comic book spin. Fair yeah. to say, yeah. you know what I mean? Because even that yeah. opening scene where he kills the mayor, right, yeah. like that needed to be rated R or it needed to be a little bit more over the top, I guess. Right. 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 
But man, the stuff with the penguin is so great. Did you see the sizzle reel for the? I did. The I show? did. And 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 I, I again, I think I, I have nothing bad to say about anyone in that movie. But I do think Colin Farrell's probably my favorite because mm-hmm. he's having the best time. Oh my goodness! In that movie, and he's and he's a lot of fun to watch. And so I loved that it was a, an unexpected casting choice. I love how they transformed him, and he stepped up. So. I agree with you. I, I really like him in it. And so I'm I'm very curious about the miniseries, limited series, whatever it's going to be. Sure. And obviously I'm excited to see where Matt Reeves takes this. I, I mean, I like the Batman enough to, and I borderline love it, um, I, enough to get really excited about where it's going. But I will say, and there's, it's nothing against Matt Reeves. It's nothing against the film. It's, I don't even know why I'm saying this, but I'm, I'm going to say it. The some of the opinions I have and they are opinions are all valid, but I'm like, this film is does not touch the Nolan trilogy. I'm sorry. It doesn't. I love it. I do love it, but it it, it just doesn't. But but it does leave a lot. Let me let me ask you this. You talked about the detective Batman. Obviously, as you know, there's there's detective elements and especially in 89 in the Dark Knight, particularly and begins really. But they really went all in on this. The the scene where he shows up, Batman shows up at the murder scene to the mayor and he's, they're playing Nirvana and he's walking through and interacting with the, the police. Yeah. That scene, I can just take that scene and watch that scene a million times. Yeah. Like, that yeah. kind of stuff in the movie. Did that stuff resonate with you? Yes. I will. I will totally like, I think for the first 15 minutes of the movie, I was like, it was kind of like Batman begins. Where I was like, Oh, they're, Oh crap. They're nailing it. They're nailing it. Yeah. And then as it went, I just kind of, they, they just kind of lost me more and more. Um, but no, I agree with you. I think the opening is great. Um, and then you're right that that first scene is really great. And I do think that like Batman fans will often say of like, give me detective Batman, but you're right. Like Batman does at least a little bit of detective work in almost every single one of his That's movies. Right. It's just not the focus of those movies, but right. you're right. He, he doesn't at 89. He, you know, he, he's, solves the the smilex issue yeah, and he absolutely. does it by he, doing he, detective he, work. He, he gives vicky vale the file and says yeah know, exactly i mean show that to the press and then Alfred, he takes, let's he, go shopping yeah. he takes go shopping he takes the bullet out in the dark night and does he now yeah i mean and even even in returns he's doing research on you know the the red circus gang and where the penguin came from you know Fair. he's looking at old newspapers mm, it's absolutely. i mean i i feel like a lot of people when they think oh bat detective batman they don't count it unless he's on a crime scene, Dustin for Prince or something, you know, like, and yeah, it was, the, it was Bat- a- the Batman certainly did a lot of that. And so I think that that finally scratched that itch for a lot of people. Um, but it's like, no, you're right. Like he, in, in the dark night, he goes in, he takes that brick. He solves that. Like, I mean, in begins, he's going out and he's doing, there's, there's at least the element of detective Batman in most of the movies. Correct. Absolutely. And, and I think the scene you mentioned in Batman returns is fair. I sometimes forget about that. And it's a, and it's a penguin scene. I actually really like it's when he, 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 he drives up and he sees him through the window as he's looking and writing all the names of the babies he's going to murder. But anyway, and he's got his monocle on. Right? <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes. But that scene where he pulls up in the end of, in the bat, the, the tires, of the Batmobile are on the snow. That's yeah. That's a beautiful shot. That's just it. Like it's, it's, it's a beautiful it's shot. That- it's that magical Gotham slush underneath the black right. Batmobile's tires that is just so amazing. And I'm like, again, any whoever the special effects guy was who made that slush in that soundstage, kudos. I hope you're listening and I hope that you feel good because you nailed it. It's so yeah. good. That's a great scene. It's a great scene. All right. So let's let's transition a little bit to the Snyder stuff. So um, where just just in its totality from. And we'll we'll stick with everything with 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 Batman, but obviously you can talk about anything you want to talk about. You want to reference Man of Steel, please do. But where 
looking back on all, everything now from B versus S to Justice League to Justice League Snyder, how do you how do you feel about it all? So I feel, <laughs> so I feel like this one I like more than you do. I, I, I love the Snyder movies. I really do. But um, it's one of those things where they worked for me. I appreciated the big swings. I appreciated what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked for me. But it's also one of those where for the folks who it didn't work for, I get it. Like, I totally get it. You know, it, it, it makes sense. Um, but for me, I went with it and I appreciated this version of Batman that that he wanted to tell, uh, especially in BVS. And then, you know, kind of then do the redemption of Batman in Justice League. So, yeah, I, I love Affleck as Batman and and I liked what Snyder did with Batman. Um, not a hundred percent, not a hundred percent. You know, there are certain things I would tweak, but they didn't ask me. But overall, I actually really like the Snyder stuff. Well, you know, some of my favorite Batman scenes, some of my favorite Bruce and Alfred scenes are actually in B versus S. There's some really good stuff with those two. Mm-hmm. That oh, movie. yeah, I agree. And, and there's I just I didn't like what they did with Superman and B versus S, but I actually really liked Batman. So, OK, all right. right. That's, yeah. that's really at the end of the day, especially looking back on it, how I break it down. And I really like Man of Steel and I love Watchmen. I think it's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, dude, I, I can watch that now going Snyder nailed it man (laughs) oh yeah that that's a movie that only gets better with every rewatch it's so good it does and i know the the ending is quite different from the book but it all works it works anyway um so let's let's this will be a good segue um so you saw the flash last night i did and I listened to your show, but I don't want to pretend like I heard anything that you said. So, okay, <laughs> uh, we won't spend a whole lot of time on it because I don't. I don't want to. Um, I mean, you're smart enough not to get into a trap, but I, I. I want to respect anyone that's listening, and also respect your own desire to not want to spoil anything. But just let it rip. Tell us your thoughts as far as you are comfortable doing so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I will. Uh, I will not even you know, toy with any spoiler territory, but we had a great time. We loved it. We thought it was awesome. Um, I will say, and I, I said this on my show, but like, I think I let my expectations get a little bit of the better of me um, because it was a lot of, well, what if this, and what if this, and what if this, and then a lot of that never comes to fruition. And so because of that, I was like, I was like, Oh, I just wish they would have done this. And you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. But that aside, the movie itself is a great movie. It's we had a great time. It's very well rounded. It's exciting. It's funny. It's emotional. It's action packed. Um, the storytelling in it, I think, is really efficient and effective. Um, I, you know, I it is funnier than I was expecting. I did see some of those reactions after CinemaCon of, of like, oh, it's actually a really funny movie, and it is. Um, and that worked for me, but it also like knew when to be dramatic and it knew when to be emotional. And yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I rolled some tears at the end. Um, so it, it, it's great. I can't wait to see it again. Um, the biggest question, and this is something me and my wife were talking about today is like, they told us at the beginning, there was a little video with Andy and Barbara Muschietti. And they said, this is not the final version. The final version is released June 16th. And so I'm very curious as to what, was missing or what will change in the next three and a half weeks or so. Um, so that's a big question mark, but even the version we saw uh, was, was awesome. You know, much like I was saying with the Batman, the cast overall was terrific. Ezra Miller is great. You know, however you feel about them off screen, which is all fair. 
they give two amazing performances as two Barry Allens in the flash and they're great. Michael Keaton does not disappoint. Supergirl's awesome. Sasha Kaye. So it's, it's really awesome. And I, I give them a lot of credit because it's an incredibly ambitious story to try to tell because you're coming off of this whole DCEU with lots of ups and downs along the way and building off of that, but still tell a self-contained flash story that's also Flashpoint, and then also kind of setting things up for the future. It has a lot it has to do. And when I'm watching it, I was just very impressed with, I'm like, man, they're just, they're hitting it as we go and it never feels overwhelming. It never feels confusing. Nothing feels awkwardly wedged in. It just, uh, it's just really well-written, well-performed, and and it's it's a great watch at the movies. So we, we had a great time. Nice. And what about fans of Affleck, which I am a fan of Batfleck? What about what about that? He, he's awesome. Yeah. If this is the last we see of him, it's a great note to go out on. Yeah. You know, he, he's not in it a lot. And I don't think that's spoilery because he said it so himself. Yeah. Um, but he's great in what he is in. Um, and so, yeah, if, if this is his swan song, which we assume it is, um, it's, you know, it's, it's a way to go out and, and it was great seeing him one last time and I'll miss him. Cause I, you know, I think he was great as Batman. And so I'm glad that he got a chance to do this one last one. I am too. I'm very, I'm very glad that he's also using the marketing. Um, I, I love the fact that you see both bat logos come up now and all the marketing stuff. I think that's so fantastic. And, and obviously unlike Spider-Man, they weren't hiding the fact that certain actors in it. And I can only assume there's probably some nice surprises. So but we won't go there. I don't want to be spoiled either. But um, let me ask you this. I'm trying to think the careful way to phrase it. And, oh, let me ask you this first, actually. When are you seeing it again next? Well, I bought my tickets today to see it on opening night. Dolby. Nice. So well, cool. I'll be going on, on the 15th. So, right. It opens on the 16th, which means the 15th. So, yeah, I see it that Monday night. So, yeah, because well, now it's like the new fan screenings on the 12th, right? That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's and good. I, got, I got three tickets for that. Now I'm taking my daughters with me, my my 11 and nine year old daughters. And the part that sucks is that the seating is not assigned. So, oh, no. Yeah. So we, we have still to do get... that. Yeah. But I'm going to teach them a little lesson, though, Andy. It'll be fun. My, my girls right. like this, this is how is we how... used to do it. This is how we used to roll. <laughs> yep. yep. You had to get here. <laughs> In fact, Eric Holzman and I were talking this morning on the phone and we have we're going to do a whole show on, on friends from work about that kind of stuff in life, like things that people don't like you had to get home to watch your TV show even before you had VCR and, and you better run to the bathroom during commercials, like all those little things, standing in line for theaters, camping out from the, for concert tickets, et cetera. So, yeah, well, we were that, talking about the dark night. Like I remember seeing the dark night for the first time, but I also remember vividly sitting on the sidewalk the next day, waiting to see the dark night again for two or three hours. Yeah. Waiting to get in. Cause it yeah. was still before assigned seats. And last yeah. night we did not have assigned seats. So that so was did, a lot. So you got there and just waited in line, basically? Yeah, got there early and waited and waited. So now I have assigned seats on opening night, and I'm happy and great. Well, I'm hoping with two little girls with me that if we, we're going to get there early, but if it's like super ambitious crowd, then somebody has a little pity on us. So yeah, well, we I hope should, so. We shall see. But I'm very, very excited. Uh, without going into any spoilers or anything, my, my, my cat found its way back up here. But uh, <laughs> stay, Sammy. Chill out. Um, 
so there were big plans for Michael Keaton moving forward. I don't know exactly what, but as I understood it, you know, he was sort of going to be the new DCU, DCEU Batman, so to speak. Obviously, we know he was in Batgirl and that was scrapped. Um, so other plans. So this might be the last time we see him. But would you agree that if this film does what we think it may do? So let's say it does close to a billion or north of north of a billion. Let's say that it's praised by critics and has a great audience score across the board. Is it really the last time we're going to see him? <sighs> and we know James Gunn is going to do his own Batman. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, but Black Label something, right? Right. Elseworlds. It's Elseworlds. certainly possible. You know, you know, finally do the Batman Beyond that that a lot of fans have been asking for. I mean, it's you know, I'm I'm just being grateful that we get to see him one last time because we never thought that would happen. Right. And he he doesn't disappoint. Um, I am bummed that he did it again in Batgirl and we'll never see it. That's, that's madness. Um, uh, that's maddening. That's madness. The head, but the head. Anyway, it's yeah. crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, all things are possible, right? Like it's, it, if, if the fans demanded and the movie is successful, I mean, yeah, like anything is possible. Well, we live in this great new world now where you can have all these characters coexist with different incarnations at once you remember yeah. you remember how think about how crazy that is and i've had this discussion with a, with a lot of people online but it is a remarkable thing and i tell this story in 1998 the last summer i was superman at a at a, at a, at a six flags in texas and it was a stunt show and dean kane's lois and clark was playing and they were so strict about me interacting with kids or anything because dean kane was the face of superman and I had mm. a fly out and I had a hide. Meanwhile, everybody else did a meet and greet, Batman, Batgirl, Green Lantern, et cetera. And I think back on just that, how crazy that is. Look yeah. at Christopher, look at Christopher Reeve, look at George Reeves, look at some actors, Adam West, that were typecast. You know, they could never get real work again because they played Superman. Now <laughs> you can you can play Deadpool, you can play <laughs> I'm going blank. Green Lantern. Yeah and, yeah. and you can get independent films and do stuff with, with Harrison Ford on art house streaming. And it's like this crazy new world. And we can have these actors that are uh, coexisting. Toby McGuire, Andrew Garfield now. And now we have Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck, Matt Reeves, and then James Gunn's own Batman. So I guess my point to all that, Andy is I, nothing would surprise me yeah. in, in this new world. I think they could pull off virtually anything. We already have three Batmans coexisting at the same time, literally right now. Nope. That's it. That's absolutely true. And you're right. There's no reason. So, but it's nice that they finally figured that out. If they finally figured out, we're all smart enough to realize that Michael Keaton's a different person than Robert Pattinson. (laughs) Correct. Oh, too much fun. Will Matt Reeves have a Robin? Because we know James Gunn will. Is he going to tell so, a trilogy without a Robin? I think so. I mean, listen, I I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. Um, but I see a lot of fans who are like, I can't wait for Matt Reeves to do Robin. And I'm like, I saw that movie. I don't, I just have a really hard time believing that he could fit Robin into that world. I just, and again, prove me wrong. 
I'll be the first in line. I just ain't holding my breath. So um, I think that our best hope for Robin, well, we know we're getting one, but our best hope for Robin is the the James Gunn DC universe as opposed to the the Batman universe or saga. Is that what they call it? The Batman saga now? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not holding my breath for Robin on the Reeve side, but at least I know I will get at least a Robin on mm-hmm. the, the gun side, even if it's not Tim Drake. That's right. That opens up a conversation that could go on for another hour, but I won't keep you. Andy, thank you so much for this conversation, buddy. This was a hey, lot of fun, man. Talking Batman of, for an hour. A lot right? of fun. A lot of fun. Oh, one more movie question, though. Yeah. Uh, Joker 2. You excited? You know, <laughs> I am. I'm kind of excited. Like, Joker 1 is a good movie that's, like, not really my jam. Yeah. It's kind of where I land on it. You know, it's good. I saw it the one time. I'm kind of good. Yeah. Um, I wasn't super psyched for a sequel. And then they announced Lady Gaga's Harley. And I went, okay, you got me. You got me. I'm in. I'm more excited for this than I liked the first one, which is really weird. Yeah. It's it's brilliant marketing. Um, So, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to her because I think she's amazing. Very cool. All right, man. So where can we find you? Plug away, man. Okay. No, uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for talking a little Batman. Oh, so great. I, I really, I really thought you were going to drag me into a returns debate. I was ready. I was ready to go. Into a what debate? A Batman returns debate. I was ready to go. <laughs> well, that, let's, let's do that. Let's do that for a Another time. Show. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about the awfulness of Chip and all kinds of stuff. Chip Shrek, man. <laughs> um, well, you know, what's funny, though, is is much like like the Snyder movies where I love them. But for people who don't love them, I go, I get it. I feel that way about returns. I get it. I get why it doesn't work for everyone. It of just course, works for me. of course, 98 percent of that stuff is just to to ruffle feathers on Twitter. So my friends will fight with me. That's really at the end of the day. All that there is. you have it. I mean, and, and it's it's all in good fun. And uh, I, I will say this. The things I didn't like about it, though, are the are the things that were the catalyst for tim burton not to return which is kind of weird if you think about it yeah yeah i mean the the creepy dark gross parts yeah yeah, yeah. mcdonald's wasn't sure what to do with that penguin i, yeah. I will say i love danny, danny devito and colin farrell are, are apparently really truly good friends and uh he'll get asked about him and he goes oh colin he's great great guy good penguin he's not as good as me yeah yeah I, I <laughs> so much that. fun oh, he, was doing, he was doing a lie detector <laughs> Yeah, well, they, he was like, he was like, Colin, I love Colin. Colin's great, and they're like, whose penguin was better? He's like, me. Yeah, and and they go, is he telling the truth? <laughs> yes, he is. Oh, <laughs> uh, you gotta love that. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, so uh, you mentioned it earlier. Holy Batcast is where we talk about Batman pretty much every week, um, or the greater DC universe. So it's it's mostly Batman, but everyone, you know, if there's a new DC movie, we're gonna talk about that too. So Holy Batcast, it's everywhere. You get your podcasts, and it's on Twitter and instagram and and facebook and all that good stuff and then personally me you can find me on twitter on instagram on letterboxd it's just my name andy Genova. so um and then i do the i do a bunch of other shows but you know you guys can can find those and you do stand-up comedy my friend well not not anymore i'm retired yeah, yeah. you guys i do good, some good stuff on youtube i almost had a clip set up for that but i wasn't sure wow yeah it's been a minute i'm retired yeah. my podcasting has sort of taken my, my stand-up sort of morphed into my podcasting. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. But yeah. It's, it's a good outlet for it. It was a moment. It was an era. Yeah. I, well, I, 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 I applaud you for doing it. I've got a, a 
theatrical background, but I could not do stand-up comedy, my friend. That's tough stuff. All right, Andy, we love you, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank you I, so much for having me. Absolutely. I am Rick Shue on behalf of Courtney Cheek, Brian Shatlin, and myself. We are the Friends from Work. Follow us everywhere on social media at Friends Work Pod. It's where you find most of us. Me on Twitter at Shue Rick, S-H-E-W. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.